Good morning. What a joy to be here. It's going to be interesting to see the uh, interpreter over there trying to keep up with me in my southern Illinois, Arkansas, and Africa accent. I am so blessed and pleased to be here. God is good, isn't He? In Africa, almost every service I have ever attended in several countries, they'll start it off with saying, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And, you know, if you understood their circumstance, you would be so thrilled to hear what they say. And I hope in my lesson today you'll see what God is doing in the continent of Africa. I hope that you'll see how blessed we are, that you are. And I hope that you'll see that God really is good and that you will count your blessings. But in Africa, they would say it like this in South Africa. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. They say it a little more lively than that. Now, you may think you're lively. Nah. <laughs> Di and I just returned a few months ago from several months in Africa. And so uh, he said he was going to unleash, unleash me. And I hope that I'm up to that. Uh, go ahead, first slide, please. I put that in there just because I like it. I've seen scenes like that. I've been blessed to travel all over the continent of Africa. Next, please. That's the continent of Africa. One billion plus souls. Every little country and nook and cranny uh, some people, when they think of Africa, they think of just one country. But it's a continent. And if you look at the green, uh, that's where we're working with the gospel chariots. Uh, the pink is where we're starting to into this year and next year. And the red is where we would not be allowed to cross the borders with our chariots, but that we're helping send people quietly across the borders with Bibles and correspondence courses and studies and house churches. And so before long, we will be in every African country that you possibly can get into sowing the seed of the kingdom. Now, I'm glad, I am glad to be here. I baptized Tim many years ago. And I baptized him in Williamstown, West Virginia. And they had to change the water after I baptized him. No, I'm kidding. And I knew Alan when he had a little more up here. I have sympathy for him because when I went through Africa, still going, I mean Africa, go through cancer, uh, I lost my hair, it grew back, and then I lost it again with the second round. And so... uh Everybody would say, oh, you look good without your hair. i say, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't look good with my hair, so without it, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have on my Africa shirt. Do you like it? 
a friend from Africa just brought that to me, so I thought I'd wear it. Uh, Gospel Charity is about a continent, not just a country, and I'm going to have to go fast. Uh, we, two or three things you need to, number one, we believe the Gospel is powerful. And we are unapologetically an evangelistic work. We do all kinds of benevolence and all kinds of things, but a core of what we do is telling the story of Jesus. Number two, we believe that if we're going to take the continent of Africa for Jesus, it has to be the Africans winning Africa. We're trying to hold their hands up, we're trying to encourage them, give them the training that we could possibly give that they might not be able to get, but it's Africans winning Africa. And number three, we believe that the church of Jesus Christ must be united. We must find a way. The task is too great for us to live any other way. So one of the things we really push in Africa is unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Next, please. That's a chariot. You ever sing the song, Roll the gospel chariot along? Now you know what it looks like. And if you, that's the very first chariot we ever built. 20 years ago. Still running. Just went into Malawi. Baptized a couple of hundred while they were there. Helped plant several churches. Encouraged little churches. And if you could see the other side, next slide. As it comes down, a stage comes down. Pulls out. There's a building baptistry. Generators. PowerPoint. Changing room. And if you go around to the very back, uh, there's bunk beds for the traveling evangelist to go with them. And then there's a 300-seater tent. And then a storage room where we carry Bibles. We print tens of thousands of Bibles every year. Can you imagine becoming a Christian and not owning a Bible? And uh, I could tell you stories. I don't really have time, but I'll do this one. I was in Nigeria and we had a Bible that we'd printed, and I went there to distribute it. And we had stored it at a hospital, Church Christ-related hospital. And uh, I thought, before I take it on up north, I'm going to give some out here in the hospital. So I went into it. They don't have rooms like us. They have big open rooms. They don't have private rooms. And in some places, there'll be two in one bed. I mean, it's an interesting circumstance. But as I'm giving out the Bible, I look... And there's people coming out of their beds on their hands and knees to get a Bible. I've never been the same. Are we blessed? Next, please. Our campus is in Pretoria. Just go through the next few pretty, not real fast. Uh, the Northside Church Christ in Benton, Arkansas is the overseeing congregation. But in Africa... Our center, our hub, our campus is in Pretoria, which is the capital city. And next, please. And uh, there's a congregation meets there, a school, a, a training center, a dormitories. People from all over Africa are coming in there for what we call our short-term schools, where we're doing discipleship training, evangelism training, Bible training. For six months, we feed them. We house them, then they go back as unpaid domestic missionaries. We call it the eternal echo, Second Timothy 2.2. The thing you've taught 
You teach, they teach, they teach. That's the only way you're going to take Alton, Illinois for Christ, is if you all buy into that. And that's the only way we can win a billion people for Jesus. And so that's George Funk, the guy who thought of this whole ministry. And he's doing evangelism training there. Next, please. I don't know who that guy is, but I think he was teaching in their, in their school. Next, please. There we are doing World Bible School training. And that's Lazarus. Lazarus was one of our early converts. Been with us now for 15, 20 years. And uh, he's teaching the Africans. He is an African. He's, he's uh, from Africa, of course. Uh, how to use the World Bible School. Next, please. That's a high school. Now, Alan, your high school will let you come in and they'll dismiss the students. Uh, Tim, will they, they do that and let you preach to them? That's happened all over Africa. The reason I'm into this, if there's a... It seems to me that Scripture teaches and common sense dictates that if you have a continent that is open to the preaching of the Gospel, we ought to make every effort we can to let every person, every boy, every girl, every man, every woman have an opportunity to make an informed decision about Jesus. You agree with that? Okay to say amen? Next, please. That's a middle school. Same thing. Everywhere we go, the first thing the chariot workers and the churches that are working with them do is they head to the schools. They'll dismiss them, stand them out there, and let them preach. Is that a blessing? Next, please. There are some of the short-term school uh, graduates. We have a big graduation and then we try to sign them up with Nations University, which is an online university based here in the United States among Churches of Christ, that they can get an accredited bachelor's or master's degree in Bible that is honored in every country in Africa. Next, please. That's what the average church building looks like outside of the big cities. Now, we work in the big cities. We've done a lot of inner city churches. But the core of what we do is out in the byways and the highways and the lanes and the hedges. That's the average church building. If they have one. Are we blessed? What about it? Are we blessed? Next, please. And they're thankful for that. That's the incredible thing. Now I'm going to take you on a quick journey through Africa. I don't have time to go into the 21 countries we're currently going into. Soon to be 30 if I can raise funds for four more chat trucks. So if you have an extra 150000 laying around on your coffee table, that'll build a truck that'll go for at least 20 years and help preach the gospel to a million people. I'm telling you the facts. I've been doing this since 2000. I know what I'm speaking of. But Lowry, go put quickly. Uh, that's one of the roads. That's why we have to build them from the ground up. Uh, they all have Mercedes engines, so they run forever. Underneath, they'll have uh, petrol tanks so they can go through countries without having to find gas because they can't stop at gas stations out in the bush. Okay? And and they have to have special shocks. And Go on, please. Quickly. And there it is doing what they call open-air preaching. I have no idea where that is. We carry the chairs. They just put the side down. Please just keep going. Uh, Nigeria, that's our one of our newest trucks. 
And they're preaching without the tent because they're not going to be there but a few days. Next, please. There's another typical road. These guys are being shook to death. World Bible School often travels with us. Next, please. Out in the middle of who knows where, there's a brother in Christ. Next, please. Uganda. That's what it looks like set up. Little children. Half the population of Africa is 19 years of age or younger. So if you're going to impact the continent, you have to win children. That's a typical scene right there. Go next, please. That's a typical evening scene. I've seen that hundreds of times. Slow down for just a second. Have you, did you ever see the movie Field of Dreams? If you build it, they will come. Well, here's what we've learned. If you set up the truck, they will come. Next, please. Next, please. See all those in orange jumpsuits? Uh, they're getting ready to make the good confession and be baptized into Christ. These are your brothers and sisters in Christ that we're able to do this because congregations like this and some of you that have helped us. Next, please. Hold it right there. That's what they call a traditional woman. We would call it a witch doctor. In Uganda, they were preaching and having great success. A lot of young people were coming to Christ. So this lady, not this particular one, one just like this, sneaks to the chariot and to the tent under the cover of night and sprinkles her herbs and her stuff all over the chariot and inside and up on the stage and cursed it. The next morning, some of our guys had been arrested, but they just came back. The young people were watching. Because we don't consider stuff like that very serious in this country, but trust me, in third world countries they do. You would too if you lived there. And what happened? The guys that had been in jail, the others, got up on that stage, fired up the generator, cranked up the speakers, and started preaching. And then they started coming. And some of the young people were saying, if you're not afraid, we're not afraid. Thank you for giving us freedom. Are we blessed? I know some of you had terrible problems. I don't know them. You don't know mine. But here's what I know. We're blessed. Next, please. Quickly now. Zambia. Let's just go. Just go through them now. Zambia. You're going to see the same thing over and over again because this is what we do. And we send containers every month with benevolent supplies. But the core of what we do is this right here. Everywhere. Going places that nobody else is going. Lady, there's a kitchen. Did you see your kitchen? That's her kitchen. That's not that way everywhere. But out in the bush, it's often. That's what it is. Next, please. We've been trying to get into the Congo for years. Finally, four months ago, we crossed the border and got into the Congo and uh, had a tremendous service, helped a little handful of Christians establish some new congregations. Next, please. There you go, please. Go on. Ghana. Another school. Next, please. Youth rally. That's their idea of a youth rally. They get out and evangelize. If you see those signs, I tell you what, it's dangerous some of the things they're saying. 
These young people and these preachers and these men, these women, they risk their lives almost every day serving Jesus. Next, please. Next, please. Kenya, next, please. Next, please. Just go. Just keep going. I could tell you so many stories. But a picture's worth a thousand words, right? There's George Funk, the founder of this work. I sat in his living room and he sketched out the first truck 20 years ago. He said, what do you think? I said, I think that's awesome. This story, stop right there. Go back. I can't, I can't do it. I'm going to have to hurry. The chariot was out in the middle of nowhere, out in the bush. Going slow because there's often not very good roads, if there are any roads. And some people came out and saw them, flagged them down and said, what are you doing? They said, we're preaching Jesus. They said, we want to hear about Jesus. So they stopped the truck, put the stage out, put four or five chairs out, and preached Jesus to them. That, that, that moves me more than I can tell you. Next, please. Training leaders. That's one of our big emphasis. Beautiful scene. Next, please. See that little girl? That's how they'll dress when they come to church. That little girl deserves to hear about Jesus. And there are millions like her that have never heard, Jesus loves me, this I know. Never heard. And they have a right to hear Jesus. To hear about Jesus. Question is, congregations like this are going to help us give them the opportunity. Individuals like you are going to help us give them the opportunity. You do it here. But we're talking about where the Gospel hasn't gone for a long time. I just think she's a precious old princess. Next, please. Zimbabwe, quickly now. Our truck is right there. We have... We had 16 big, 16 trucks. A couple of them are smaller. They stay in country. This one had to be white because of the political unrest and the opposition party had all their trucks as red. So we had to do this. George is in there doing training. Next, please. These are all preachers. We're distributing Bibles to them. Next, please. Distributing Bibles. This is at a prison. They let us bring the truck right in, the little truck right in. It doesn't have the building baptistry, but it has the baptistry. And there they are, all the new Christians holding up their World Bible School Bibles. Hundred pages of helps at the back. Next, please. Clothing that we sent. Little girls holding up their first dollies. Namibia, this is where Diane and I go. We'll go a little slower here. Uh, that's where Diane and I are stationed out of. It's right on the border of Angola. We're trying to raise up Nabibians that can go into Angola where there's nothing going on among the church except maybe one little thing. I'm working with the children there. And uh, uh, when we went into Namibia, there were no churches of Christ. And now they're scattered throughout. They're starting to grow. And they're starting to see the vision. Next, please. That's out in the bush. You ever heard of a bushman? That's a congregation out in the bush. That's where Diane and I will be working with them. Next, please. There's a John on the, uh, with the bread. He's a new Christian, year and a half old, as a Christian, has established three or four congregations already. Little house churches. There's Diane. She looked tired. Huh? 
It was 105 degrees and she'd been cooking all day to help feed the short-term school students because she's trying to teach them about love and fellowship and sharing. Next, please. There she is doing what she does. I've been blessed. Next, please. Little orphans having probably the best meal they've had in a while. Next, please. There I am teaching. Next, please. There's my son, Chad. Next, please. Little orphans holding up a little dolly, a teddy bear that Chad's congregation made for him to take with him. Next, please. A new congregation, four months old. Next, please. New congregation, four months old. That, oh, that's my two grandchildren. It's, it's it okay if I show that. They got to go to Africa. I couldn't go because I was down with the cancer. Diane took them and Chad. You know what they're doing there? Laundry. It was fun the first time or two. Next, please. That's the last meal I ate in Namibia before I came back to the States back a few months ago. Anybody recognize that? Chicken feet. They said, oh, Uncle Mike, we're having a special meal for you. And you must eat it. I said, no, I must not. They said, yes, you must. Paul said, eat what's put before you. So I tried it. And it's okay. It's a lot of work. It's like it's like a crawfish. A lot of work for not very much meat. Oh, they love it. And so I ate it. I ate two. I tried it. I don't have to try it again. And so for weeks after that, I'd wake up in the middle of the night because I was dreaming a big claw was on my head. Uh, next, please. Liberia, quickly. Our newest truck just there. We just sent one of our guys there. Full-size truck. It's going into five French-speaking countries. That There it is being built. Next, please. That's what it looks like. See, it's not equipped yet. I've still got to raise $15,000 to finish paying for the equipping, although it is running. Next, please. We also show movies at night. We show The Passion of the Christ. Sometimes hundreds will come. In Ghana, thousands will come. And we preach to them first. Next, please. Tanzania. Next, please. Just go quickly now. i got to conclude. Showing the passion. Next, please. Another school. You see the girls with the coverings? You know what that means? Muslims. Hearing the gospel of Jesus. Some of them become Christians and they risk their lives. Next, please. Benin, quickly. We're trying to build a full-size truck. Right now we just have a big old bus. It has everything that the big church do, but it's just not able to handle everything. Next, please. Showing the passion at night. Next, please. Next, please. This is in Benin. Next, please. This, this is a video my son Chad and his God's family are seeing. Chariot, and it keeps rolling, rolling along for the week.
chariots we're the gospel chariot here and abroad people can disagree about things good people but surely we can't disagree that Jesus wants every one of us to take advantage of our opportunities count our blessings try to help everybody in this community and around the world to have an opportunity to make an informed choice about Jesus. That's our responsibility. God gives the increase. All glory to God. Right, church? We've got to humble ourselves if we want to be lifted up. And so, I was going to preach through Psalms 103. I don't have time, although I was encouraged by Alan because in his class a while ago, he said, I'm going to stop on time. And then he went about 15 minutes more. But there is no clock in here. And in Africa, they don't have any clocks on the walls because most of them don't have walls, okay? And uh, time means something different there. But I'm going to, real quickly, Psalms 103, I just want to look at one verse. He talks about in, 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 in verse, um, verse, what is it? Let's just read. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is a count your blessings psalm. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all His benefits. You know what He's saying? Count your blessings. Be thankful. I'm not going to minimize something that you might have gone through in your life. Diane and I have had a tough few years. Uh, we've been blessed. She's went through cancer twice. Two different things. Two years ago, they diagnosed me with cancer and told me the average person with what I have lives two years. It's almost two years. Uh, my boys can't understand, although they're, they're supportive. Why we're out doing this, and the, the doctor just told me that it looks like the cancer's clear at this point. But thank God, 
But here's the point. I want to go out with a bang, not a whimper. And Lord willing, I'll be heading to Africa again. They told me I'd never get to do that again. But we were there last year for a month, so we'll be there again, Lord willing. Said I couldn't be out on the road like this. Here I am. Credit to me? No. Counting His benefits. And in this chapter, 103, is counting all the spiritual benefits. It was 105 degrees. We had worked hard all day. We came in, the windows could not be opened because there's no screens and the mosquitoes. Also, we couldn't have the windows open because of security reasons. Diane and I got there, took a shower, and then got in front of a fan because if you take a cold shower and get in front of a fan, it feels like air conditioning for about five minutes. Oh, we couldn't sleep. We tossed and we turned. We, and finally, we went to sleep. I mean, we went to sleep. We're both very light sleepers. And so the next morning, I did what I always do. I reached down for my phone to see if I had any messages from anybody. And the phone wasn't there. I said, Diane, did you take my phone? Because sometimes she'll do that when she can't sleep. I said, no, you've just misplaced it. Go look in the living room. So I went in the living room. It wasn't there. And I noticed neither was my computer. I came back into the, I came back into the uh, bedroom and my iPad was gone. My camera was gone. My Wi-Fi hub was gone. All kinds of things were gone and they had been around the bed. And what that meant is in the night, somebody broke into the lodge where we were staying, came into the bedroom, walked around and took all kinds of things. And in Africa, or in the U.S., if they break in while you're sleeping, that means if you wake up, they're going to kill you. That's just a fact. I told Diane, so I said, Diane, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? They've taken all my stuff. It's got 50 years of ministry on that computer. You say, why didn't you back it up? I did. They stole my thumb drives. So all my classes for this few months is on there. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Why were, God, why? Why, why? I'm not even supposed to be here. Why, God? I know that's kind of juvenile, but that's what I was doing. What are we going to do? She said, sit down, Mike. I said, I want to sit down. Sit down, Mike. This is why she, he gave her to me, I believe. I said, sit down. I said, why? She said, we're going to count our blessings. <laughs> count your blessings? They didn't steal your computer? I had a book I had just finished that was on that computer. So we started off. And so she started. I said, I don't know, man. I know God says be thankful in all circumstances. But I'm struggling. I'm, I'm being serious as I can be. She said, well, number one, Mike... We're going to pray and thank God that we were not harmed. I said, yeah, it's a good thing I didn't wake up. I had to introduce them to some Illinois justice. That's what she said, yeah, for about 30 seconds. We were not harmed. Here's the good thing about that. When Diane was diagnosed with cancer, when I was diagnosed with cancer, we were, you know, dealing with it. 
And the thing we both decided is it's a win-win circumstance. So even if we had been harmed, we're going to heaven. I happen to believe you go directly into the presence of Jesus. We weren't harmed. I know some of you had terrible circumstances and sometimes people are harmed. But even in those circumstances, if they're children of God, there's blessings to be counted. Number two, I wasn't ready yet. I said, you go ahead. She said, let's thank God that we were the ones being stolen from, not the ones doing the stealing. Because you know, there but for the grace of God, go I. Right? Number three. She said, and she's still going because I'm still pouting. I'm feeling better. She said, Mike, we were blessed to ever have owned that stuff. Because the people we're working with, the stuff we have would have fed them for a year or more. We're blessed to have it. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I came up with one, finally. I said, well, here's the good thing. This stuff can be replaced. It may take us a while, but it can all be replaced. They just stole stuff. Next. We praise God because they could steal our stuff but they couldn't steal our joy or our salvation. I don't know what's happened to you. I don't know what's been said. I don't know what illness. I don't know what crime. But here's what I know. Unless you permit it, they cannot take your joy or your salvation. Those are gifts from God. I have a lot more, but I'm going to I'm going to go on, and and just about quit. You know what that means, Alan, right? You know the old joke. You know what it means when a preacher looks at a watch. Absolutely nothing. So, but listen to me. We were doing pretty good. I thought I've got. Ah, I don't know if I can go preach. And Yaldine said we're going to go preach out to this little shack. So we're going to try to set the example God wants us to set. And I said, well, I've got a sermon now. A little more detailed. I said, Diane, before we go, before we have our prayer, I put a Pepsi Cola in the cooler last night. It should be nice and slushy. And when it's 105 degrees and when you're away from home, having something from home just is comforting. So I went and opened up the door and they stole my Pepsi! <laughs> steal my computer, steal my iPad, steal my, my phone. <laughs> but don't steal a man's Pepsis, right? A man told me the other day, well, Mike, it could have been worse. I said, how? He said, it could have been a Coca-Cola. I don't know what he meant. But we even counted God's blessings because it gave us an opportunity to pray for enemies. That was really vivid. Sometimes that's very generic. But we were able to pray. And uh, one of the things we prayed is that if they get that computer open, which I don't think they will, because it's locked and I shut it down, 
There's tons of stuff on there about Jesus. Who knows? Is God an awesome God? Is God an awesome God? I don't think I, some of you are convinced. You know, Proverbs 15:13. Do you know what that says? Basically, here's what it says. If you are happy, your face will show it. That's what it says. If there's joy in your heart, your countenance will show it. Come on, show it. You're not going to do it, are you? Put your fingers up like this. Turn them like this. Put them down here. Push up. Whoa, that's so much better. That's so much better. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. I believe that if we'll start counting our blessings, we'll understand the significance of getting the message to other people so that they can count their blessings. And I'm praying that if you have discretionary funds, that you'll remember us. I'm praying that you'll pray for these men and women, teen boys and girls, that are risking their lives day after day after day to do what we take for granted and see as optional. Amen? I always have to be nicer when my wife is here, so I'm trying to be nice. Listen, folks, it is no longer a question of can we take the message to America, but will we? It's no longer a question of can we take the message to the continent of Africa, but will we? I believe if we're blessing counters, we will. I don't know what's happened to you. I know that when the doctor told Diane that she had cancer and it was really, 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 really bad, he went away to let us talk. I said, Diane, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We don't have any debt. We don't have a lot of money. We got insurance. I go to the hospitals all the time. I know the best doctors, the best nurses. The nurses will tell me it's going to be okay. We don't owe anything. We'll finance our house if we have to. She said, Mike, be still. I said, no, no, Diane, I'm telling you. It'll be okay. She said, be still. And finally she just grabs It'll be okay, I said. Ah, she said, I believe that I'll be healed. But if not, it'll be okay. Why have we given our life to this? Why have we went all over? Why, have, why has your family freed you to go all these places? And why have we traveled? Is because in Jesus, it will be okay. If you're here and you haven't responded to that message, you need to make your way down the front. Give these brothers your hand, Jesus your heart, and they can baptize you into Christ. As a child of God, have you counted your blessings or are you counting your bruises? We all have them. Yours may be worse than mine. Mine may be worse than yours. But none of them them are as bad as Jesus dying to the cross bearing my sins and yours. I'm going to say this again. Please pray for us. Pray that God gives me more time. I want to get, I want to help get 
trucks into every country in Africa. But if he needs to take me, he will. There's other reasons. I have a wife and children and the world's best grandchildren. Um, they're handsomer and prettier than all yours. I don't know why. <laughs> but Nye and I have been married 52 years. And we've been blessed. In Jesus and in every way. If you need to come, come now as we stand and as we sing.